From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit, a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her guest lineup of authors, healers, educators, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Each week, Sherrianna and her team of experts share remarkable insights about life, spirit, manifesting, and more. everyone. I'm so excited to announce that if you pre-order my new book, Energy in Action Now, you're going to get access to a video called Why Over-Focusing on the Law of Attraction Doesn't Work. This is an exclusive video only for people who pre-order my book. Inside of it, I will share three reasons why over-focusing on this law doesn't work, things to think about, and hopefully get you excited to read the book. So head on over to SherryAnnaBoyle.com, pre-order your copy. Thank you so much for your support in advance. I can't wait for you to be part of this community. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Just Ask Spirit. I'm Sherryanna Boyle. I'm your host. Happy to have you here. We have a great show lined up for you today. I just want to remind you that if you're new to the show, this is a show about spirituality. It's also about mental health. And under that umbrella of mental health, we talk about all sorts of things that can help us with our mental health in life. And one of them that we're going to be talking today uh, about today is parenting. And I, I'm i a parent, uh, and I know many of you listeners are parents, or perhaps you're a teacher or a grandparent or a foster parent or someone that just cares for someone else. It's going to be a really fascinating discussion. I think it's important to talk about these things because the research is always being updated, especially about the brain. And my guest has more information. I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. I wanted to remind you that these shows are sponsored by the Just Ask Spirit Marketplace. That is a place that you can go on sherryannaboyle.com. You can check out some of our author's books. Some of them offer services, including myself, with discounts. I ask our authors to do that specifically for our audience so you feel like you get a big a perk for being a regular listener. I also want to mention that if you're looking for a retreat. I know I'm dying for a re- retreat, guys. I've been like looking at the website, dreaming away, right? And I am doing a couple weekend retreats. So there's one in June at Kripalu Yoga and Health Center in the Berkshires. I'm also going to be at Omega Institute in September. I know that's a long way away, but I also know that we have to budget for these things. We have to look at our calendar, see what's going on. So just go to sherryannaboyle.com and you'll see the marketplace, and you'll see retreats. So today I have Sarah Moore. Sarah, welcome to Just Ask Spirit. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I wanted to have you on the show. That's why you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that works well then. (laughs) So I, everyone, Sarah is the author of a book called Peaceful Discipline, Story Teaching, Brain Science, Better Behavior. Doesn't that sound nice, everyone? And I looked at Sarah and I looked at your book and your website and all that good stuff. And I really liked some of the things that you were saying. So why don't you introduce yourself 
to the audience? Who are you? Sure. Well, most importantly, I am a real live parent doing this work because we can have all of the intellectual knowledge in the world. And if we can't apply it to our real lives, what good does it do? So I want you to know that I'm right here in the trenches with you doing the work of parenting and showing up for other humans in my life. But I do have the credentials too. I am a certified master trainer of conscious parenting. I have training in everything from interpersonal neurobiology to trauma recovery, to child development, to even improv comedy. I worked in corporate America for almost 20 years before having a child. And then another decade later, by the way, I'm 100 years old. Let's just get that out there. Um, (laughs) But I, I did a lot of things that all contributed directly to the birth of this book so that I can write from the head as well as from the heart. Along with that, I'm the founder of Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting. You can find it online at dandelion-seeds.com. It's dandelionseeds.com. Just make sure you add the hyphen. And that is really where all of this work began. Interesting. And what was the tip off for you, Sarah, in terms of, did you come across a piece of research? Do you remember what sort of sparked it? It sounds like you've really spent quite a bit of time investing into learning about conscious parenting. And was there something that, what brought this out in you? Was it your own kids? And by the way, how many children do you have? I always say I've got two children, one here on earth and one in heaven. So I've definitely been through stuff as well and want to know people want people to know that they're not alone if they've experienced loss as well. But I'm raising one um, tween right now, who's the light of my life. And as far as what started me on this journey, it was actually a pediatrician And it was a pediatrician's visit that did not go well. It was at my daughter's four-month well check visit. So it should have been a standard happy occasion. Everything was going well. And we went in and he had all of the accolades. He was number one doctor, according to all of the votes in the city where we were living at the time. Like the world loved him. But he looked me in the eye and he said, so how's sleep going? And I thought, well, I usually start a meeting with hello, but okay. So I answered the question and said, well, honestly, she's still up every couple of hours, but she's only four months old. I know that this is developmentally normal and holistically, she's getting plenty of sleep. So I'm not too worried about it. This too shall pass. And he stared me down and said, Sarah, you are ridiculous. She's manipulating you. Don't ever go to your baby when she cries. Let me know when you're ready to get serious about parenting. Well, I froze. You know, the nervous system can do a lot of different things. There's fight or flight. Well, I froze and I couldn't say anything for the rest of the appointment. But by the time we got home that night, I was fuming. I was livid. So I started researching, should I be picking my baby up? Am I causing harm? What's going on here? And lo and behold, it turned out that he was working from some really, really outdated research that was 100% wrong. We immediately switched pediatricians to somebody who was more sensitive, better informed. And I became a woman on a mission to empower other parents to know, yes, it is important, not only for 
the relationship between parent and child, but also for the child's optimal development that we do be responsive, not only when they're itty bitty, but also as they continue to grow and develop into toddlers and preschoolers and older kids and even ultimately teenagers, the need for connection never goes away. So with that, I wanted to get credentials under my belt so that when people came to me for guidance as they were starting to do, I actually could point to not only the work that I've done, but all of the research that firmly stands behind the importance of being a connection-based safe place for our children. Well, that's fascinating. And I'm sure so many people out there are listening right now, and it's reminding them of a negative experience that they might have had, whether it be a doctor, a nurse, a babysitter, someone who said something that rubbed them the wrong way. And it, it does, it fumes you up. You're like, what? That's completely inappropriate. And so what did you discover? What? Because when you talk about connection, I can I can feel what the audience might be wondering, because here you are talking about a four-month-old, right? And some people would say, Sarah, that when you overdo it, right, the helicopter parenting, there's a concern about that. So I guess in terms of anxiety, right? We we've gone through this a lot of research on helicopter parenting is not good. It actually elevates anxiety in children, blah blah blah. What do you say to that? I say you're absolutely right. This is not forced connection that I'm talking about. When I think about helicopter parenting, I'm thinking about the parent who will not allow their child to grow and thrive and you know venture out in the ways that they are developmentally ready to do. Instead, what I'm talking about is when your child needs you, you show up for them. When your child is struggling, you get curious about what's driving their behavior instead of just assuming they're being quote unquote bad. We show our children from the very beginning that we value their humanity, that they are worthy of respect and comfort and gentleness from the very, very start, just like we would offer to a friend or a partner or other people in our lives. When our child needs us, they need us. And if they're struggling, if they're behaving suboptimally, whatever it may be, our job isn't just to say, oh, what a terrible little human you are. Our job is to say, what is it you're needing that's driving this behavior? Help me understand so that I can help model the tools and the resources you're going to need as you continue to evolve throughout your life. And it's really a position of parenting from abundance, a, a position of parenting for deeper understanding and curiosity than assuming that instead of assuming that just because we're older, we know better, and we should try to control our children. To me, helicopter parenting is a control-based parenting approach that we know is not helpful for us or for our kids in the long run. But connection, everybody benefits from connection, no matter what your role is in one another's lives. It seems like, Sarah, that, and 
I'm probably older than you are, just so you know. But I'm thinking of some of the younger folks out there parenting. And I can certainly relate to this in terms of being a working mom and working in terms of you don't have to be going out doing a job. I think even working moms can be at-home moms because you're still working. In my opinion, it's it's almost more difficult because you're not getting paid to do what you're doing, right? So I was a little bit of, of both, but I think sometimes with parenting, we can easily slide into, okay, let me just take care of all their needs, make sure they're okay and all set so I can go focus on my stuff, whatever that is. And what you're saying sounds different. Am I correct? You are correct in that when we parent in the way that the research now supports, we know that our children have needs. And yes, we have an obligation as the parent to help them fulfill the needs that they have. They are children. Therefore, depending on their age, maybe they can't make their own lunch yet or whatever the situation may be. So there are things that we will simply have to do for them. And yet we also get to show up for ourselves. And I describe in Peaceful Discipline some of the ways that we can show up for ourselves because we get to say in this worldview, yes, child, you matter and I matter too. So what is the most effective way that both you and I can get our needs met? Because the trouble is if we stop showing up for ourselves and we only give, 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 which feels on the surface altruistic and um, selfless and all these great things, but in the long run, we can end up feeling resentment. And there is not a single person on the planet who can have an authentically peaceful relationship with another human if resentment is at the root of it. So the goal here is to find ways where we can show up for ourselves alongside showing up for our children because we both matter. And it doesn't mean we have to deprive anybody of anything. It's a yes and situation. And what do you think in your experience or what have you seen in your experience? You have a a website that's based on parenting, right? So I imagine you hear it all. What tends to be more difficult for people showing up for their child or showing up for themselves? Or is it both? It is absolutely both in different ways. It becomes a vicious cycle because what happens is if we don't show up for ourselves, that resentment that I mentioned starts to grow. When that resentment grows too much, it turns into anger or sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes even rage. When we are parenting from any level of that, be it resentment or all the way up to rage, it makes it impossible for us to show up for our children. And then our children say, hey, this doesn't feel safe to me. Therefore, they may start having big feelings of their own. And next thing you know, you have this gigantic, uncomfortable power struggle where nobody's needs are getting met. So the key is to figure out every single time, you know, I hate to use the airplane analogy that's so cliche at this point, but you really do have to have your own air mask on. The difference is, I can tell you this, and this is my paradigm shift that I offer a lot of people, so it's not so cliche. If I use the airplane example, you better believe that while I'm grabbing my oxygen mask, I am also grabbing the one for my child. I can't imagine as a parent being on a plane that I would just say, I'll get to you in a little while. Reality is as a parent, we're going to try to do both. 
But moving it back to parenting and back out of the airplane, so it's a little bit more relatable in real life terms for people, it might be, I need a couple of minutes of quiet when I get done working for the day because I've been overwhelmed all day and I needed to de-stress for a few minutes. My child also has a need for connection and they're jumping on my body and using me as a human jungle gym. That is the opposite of my need for quiet. So how can I create a win here? What this might look like is, sweetheart, I want to be a peaceful parent for you And I have a need for a couple of minutes of downtime. I can also tell that you really want to be with me. And I get it because I'm super excited to see you too. Let's go and read a story together for the next 15 minutes because that will meet my need for quiet time. You get to be on my lap and I'm holding you so that you also get your need for connection met. And it becomes a win-win rather than somebody simply trying to overpower the other person because they perceive their need as being greater. Interesting. I always find it the challenge is when you have two different temperaments. You have a parent that has one temperament, perhaps they're a little bit more quiet or they like time alone. And then if you have a child who's a little bit more rambunctious, high energy, now you've got a little bit of a mismatch. Right. And so what do you do in those situations? I love this question because it's so real and it's so relatable. The thing is, it's a really common mistake that parents make is they default to the squeakier wheel, which in most cases is the louder, higher energy child. The thing is, the quieter child's need for quiet is just as valid as the louder child's need. It's just that they're less vocal about it, but we don't want that child to receive the message that their needs don't matter as much just because they're quieter. We want them to thrive in the temperament that they were given from day one. So the best way to handle this is to be proactive about it. We can communicate with our children and, you know, Call out the elephant that's in the room and say, child A, I understand that you have so many wiggles right now and so much noise you want to get out. Child B, I can tell that you have a need to read a book. What we're going to do is we're going to come up with a routine for the day to make sure that everybody's needs get met. And we balance that time. And yes, it's a delicate balance. And no, you can't really come up with a recipe for what's going to work perfectly every single day. But you start tuning into, and in fact, the official term is attunement. You tune into the children's needs and you can perceive as the parent whose need is stronger right now. And when we pay attention to the details, we might notice maybe the quieter child's needs are stronger in this moment. Maybe they're feeling neglected or sad or whatever. So we might say to the noisier child, you know what? I'm so excited to get Wiggles out with you in a little while. What we're going to do is first, we're going to have our quiet time. And while we're having our quiet time, you can have your fidgets, you can do your whatever, get some of that initial energy out. But in that way, we are calling out that we are going to address everybody's needs. That way everybody feels seen. And when we complete it, then we follow up with the validation. Hey, everybody, I want you to notice that today 
first we read the stories and that worked really well for you. And then we went out and played ball and that worked really well for you. Doesn't it feel good when everybody gets their needs met? And that way the children learn, yeah, my parent is showing up for me. And the other child is also saying, yep, me too. It's a win for everybody. Interesting. And I like the way you're talking about needs. I think that's what's really different here that we're not used to. I don't remember my mother saying, what are your needs? <laughs> right? Or they didn't have the language or the tools for that and certainly didn't talk about her own needs. So you're, I can see where you're saying to role model. We tend to, we tend to turn to the child that's more like us because we understand, right? They're more like me. I'll hang with that child, right? I get them. They get me. And again, when they're different than you or their energy is different or their needs are different than you, sometimes it can feel a bit draining. Be like, oh, I don't know if I have it in me to read another book today, <laughs> right? And so what I hear you saying is it's, it's, what I'm taking from this is it's less about what you're doing and it's more about the connecting. You're exactly right. Okay. It's sinking in, right? Audience, is it sinking in? It's not about, I mean, you're very good at this. So you are very natural at coming up with the right words to say and things like that. And But then when you're in the thick of it and you've, you're exhausted or the house is a mess or the dishes are dirty, sometimes our tone of voice is not so sweet. We get a little snippy. We get a little short. Sometimes we get a little passive aggressive. And so want to acknowledge that in people that when you're feeling, those are signs that we're starting to, our tank is near empty, right? It's like a car. <laughs> so in those times, what do you suggest? Best thing we can do in those times, because that's very real, is check in. Those are all kind of our alert systems going off, that there is something that we need that's not being fulfilled. And oftentimes we are quick as humans to put the blame on somebody else and say, it's because this child is being too noisy or, oh my goodness, like you said, I don't think I have another story in me. But what we need to realize is that it's probably not about whether or not you have another story in you, because the story itself might be a five minute section of your day. And it's probably really not what's getting to you. Instead, look within, keep it parent centric and figure out two things. Number one, what am I feeling? Can I label this emotion? Once I do that, you go to number two, which is what am I needing in order to show up for myself right now so that I can refill my own tank and not take it out on my kids who are just being kids? Mm. And I can appreciate what you said earlier about the routine. You know, we recently, we have family members that went on vacation. It's school vacation week right now. So our family members, our friend, family members went on vacation and they asked us to watch their dogs. So we have been trotting over there every day, take the dogs out and the dogs are needy. Okay. That we didn't know how needy they were until we took on this job. And there's literally three of us doing it. Three of us taking turns, making sure, because one of them's got the separation anxiety and da-da-da. 
And it's funny because at the end of it, all of us came together when we were done with our job, passed it on to the next babysitter who took over for the rest of the week. I said, so what do you think, guys? You guys got dog fever? Does, did it make you want a dog? Because we lost our dog a while ago. And everybody said no. <laughs> and the reason being is every everyone said, I'm just not ready to add that into my routine, right? And the second thing was having your routine thrown off because here we are in the middle of the day, interrupted, going over. And it was just interesting to, it makes you realize how important our routines are. They help us remember things. They give us that downtime. And when they do get interrupted, it's really tough. And that happens all the time with parents. All of a sudden it's like, oh, guess what? There's going to be a game this Sunday, <laughs> right? And parents have to adjust to that. And who's going to drive them there? And who's going to drive them home? And what's the weather going to be like? And what's going on with school? I mean, there's just constant adjustments in the routine. And that's that's the the job part, right? When I say that it's still work. So I can... I guess I was just validating your point on the routine that let's create a routine that is good for all of our needs rather than wrapped around one particular child or one particular person in the family. Did you're I get that exactly right? Yeah, you're exactly right. And we get to show up for ourselves and our children and know that nobody's wrong. That's one of the biggest paradigm shifts that we can take in parenting. It's really easy to think it's us versus our child or maybe multiple children when there's a conflict. But the reality is it's us alongside our children against whatever problems we're trying to solve. So if the routine is off, fix the routine, as opposed to thinking it's something to do with the child that's the problem. That's only divisive. So we really need to look within and always just prioritize the relationship instead. Interesting. And I want to know more about how to prioritize that relationship. So I'd love you to give us some further suggestions on that, Sarah. We need to take a quick break. If you're just joining us, I'm speaking with Sarah Moore. She is the author of Peaceful Discipline, Story Teaching, Brain Science, which I would love to hear more about the brain science, and Better Behavior. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. Sherrianna Boyle is all about empowering you. Her life has centered around mindful approaches to healing the mind and body. Her main belief, your emotions matter, processing them matters more. As a spiritual teacher and adjunct psychology professor, she is the author of nine books that can help empower lives from emotional detox now. The Four Gifts of Anxiety, to Mantras Made Easy, and The Conscious Parenting Guide to Childhood Anxiety, there is certainly a book there for you. Find yours at SherryAnnaBoyle.com. Ever wonder what it's like to have your own radio show? Well, wonder no longer, because you can dip into the radio airwaves by being host for the day on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. 
It's a fabulous way to get your radio feet wet. It's an opportunity to market your business, modality, or book. Have a guest, mention a sponsor, and take callers. Or you may want to facilitate a lesson by going solo. It's up to you. Listeners can be online, mobile, in cars with Bluetooth, or listen through Amazon's Echo by asking Alexa, play Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. For more details, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and click on Host for the Day. Imagine if you had a daily practice for processing your emotions that could help you get through past and present challenges. Well, now you do. My new book, Emotional Detox Now, 135 Self-Guided Practices to Renew Your Mind, Heart, and Spirit is out in the world. It includes my signature cleanse system, a mindful practice to help you clear all those toxic reactions so you can begin to feel joy, peace, and ease again. Grab your copy today at SharianaBoyle.com. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I'm speaking with Sarah Moore. We're talking about her new book. It's called Peaceful Discipline, Story Teaching, Brain Science, and Better Behavior. Isn't that what we all want? Better Behavior. And first of all, I'd like to hear a little bit about the science. Update us, Sarah. What what do we need to know? We need to know a couple of things. Number one tip that I tell parents when it comes to brain science is we often make the mistake of assuming that by the time our child is old enough to walk, talk, and brush their teeth, they basically work just like we do, and therefore can understand exactly the way we understand and follow instructions and all these great things. Well, reality is, and, you know, drum roll, please, the brain does not fully develop until between ages 25 and 30. And here's the thing. It's getting to be a bigger gap, huh? Yeah, exactly. Last I heard it was 25 and 28, but now 25 and 30. 25 and 30. Yeah, boy. Okay. That's a long time. It is. It (laughs) is. And reality is many of our children don't even live with us anymore by the time they're that age. So the whole entire time we're raising them, we are raising beings who literally do not have fully formed parts of the brain that handle things like impulse control, decision making, thinking about others' feelings, empathy, thinking about the consequences of their actions. All of these things develop in a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex. And guess what? It's the last part to develop. And of course, that's devastating for us as a parent, because wouldn't it be great if our kids could always think about, oh, if I punch my brother in the stomach, that's not going to end so well, or whatever the case may be. But reality is, they act out what their impulses tell them to do. And the big paradigm shift here is they're not wrong for it. It's simply the brain's way of working 
until the brain does develop the ability to think through consequences and things like that. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying it's okay to go punch a brother in the stomach. Nobody likes that. But what I am saying is that if a child does that, odds are very good that their body reacted and it was not some premeditated action for which they, you know, become a bad person or whatever. So our job is to figure out if my child acts out in some suboptimal way, maybe it's that, maybe it's saying something rude, maybe it's whatever. Our job is to say their brain told them that this was the best course of action right now. And here's something else that's really important to know about brain science. When children feel emotionally unsafe, the learning part of the brain essentially shuts off. So if a child acts out and the parent immediately responds by yelling and saying, I can't believe you did that. What's wrong with you? Whatever it is, the child will immediately go into that fight or flight mode. Their limbic system will take over and the rational thinking learning part of the brain shuts off. They can't even hear your words right now because the only thing their brain is trying to do is create emotional safety for them. So the mistake we make is coming in, you know, metaphorically speaking, guns ablazing with, I need to stop this behavior and yell at you or whatever. Instead, best thing we can do is once again, turn it around to ourselves for a moment and say, whoa, I feel really angry or I feel scared or I feel whatever, make it parent centric. Here's what's going on for me. What do I need to feel grounded? Okay. I need to take a couple of minutes to take some breaths, do a quick prayer or meditation, maybe leave the room, go outside in nature, you know, whatever my sensory calming tool is, do that thing. Because then when I approach my child with safety and say, hey, I noticed that you did that thing to your brother and he seemed to get really upset about it. I'm curious what was going on for you. And then you have a child who by the way, if they're really young, they probably can't tell you because if their brain said, you know, I need to follow this impulse, that was not a conscious decision. What you'll probably hear instead was, well, he stole my toy or, you know, whatever it may be, or, you know, he started it, all that stuff that kids say sometimes, but it was a reactionary response that came from the body. It didn't even come from the brain. But what we can do rather than getting into punitive mode is get curious about what's beneath the behavior and say, you know what? I understand. I'd be mad too if somebody came and took my toy. You make sense to me. And let's think about some ways that you can get your anger out without hurting anybody because I want to give you tools. You're going to feel angry again. So how can we do something productive with this? And there are going to be some parents listening, I'm sure, who are going to be thinking, what? If I don't punish them in the moment, they're never going to learn. And my response to that, I'm being proactive because I've heard it before, is I invite you to remember that perhaps the most important thing your child can learn from you in that moment is emotional regulation. Show your child how you calm your emotional storm in doing so, you are modeling for them how to do it. And then when you peacefully talk through, 
let's brainstorm some other ways to handle that. When they feel emotionally safe during that discussion, by the way, don't even bother trying to start this if the child is still dysregulated. Wait until they're calm, co-regulate, find peace together. But once they're in a place where they feel emotionally safe, you can brainstorm with them. Now is the optimal time for them to learn. And we as adults have to keep in mind even if the conversation goes great, guess what? They're still not 25 or 30 years old yet. So it's going to take practice. But the more we practice and create that emotional safety with them, the more quickly and the more strongly those neural connections will create new habits in their brain. So that every time conflict arises, they are a little bit less likely to be impulsive and reactive and a little bit more likely because they practiced safely with you first to respond in the way that you want them to ideally. How's that for a starter kit? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And I, I'm thinking of that, expanding on what you're saying in terms of that emotional safety and having a say and having your needs met. And I'm thinking about the overscheduling, right? And it's just like adults, right? In terms of when you get a lot of work on your plate, it it just be, the pressure begins to to be too much. I I tend to get some adolescents, so a lot of my clients are adolescents that come to me, and they're just really they're they're struggling with burnout. Quite frankly, you know, they're they've got they really want to make high marks. They have goals, which is wonderful, but at the same time, they're highly anxious. You know, they're overwhelmed, not getting enough sleep kind of thing. And so I'm just thinking about expanding upon your, your safety thing in terms of sometimes, would you agree with this, creating emotional safety or regu emotional regulation is taking a look at, is it too much, right? Are we, is there too much on our plates? Are we going seven days a week? And it's pretty hard to do those things that you're mentioning, taking a walk. I know kids that say, I have no time for that. I have no, I don't have enough time. When I get home from what I'm doing, I have to do my homework. That's the mentality. I can't go for a walk. They look at it like from that. And I know that's a perception, but what do you say to people that feel like there's just isn't time, Sarah, to they hear what you're saying, but but then they feel like if they don't, then they're going to have a kid sitting around bored and then their brain gets nothing, <laughs> no social or anything. What do you think? Sherrianna, I could hug you right now for asking this question. <laughs> it's, it's Virtually hug me. Yes. Virtually yes, <laughs> hug you. Yes. Yes. This is one of the biggest tragedies in parenting today. And you see it in the effects on children's mental health. It, it's a crisis right now. And let's just call it what it is. It's a crisis. And here's what happens in the brain when we are chronically overscheduled. Our brain has a little part in the middle brain called the amygdala. The amygdala is our fight or flight center. When we are chronically overscheduled, chemicals like cortisol fill our bodies and they actually make the amygdala grow. It's supposed to be about the size of an acorn. It will physically grow the more chronically stressed we get. Well, what happens when the fight or flight center of the brain is bigger than it's supposed to be? Well, then we have a physiological state of chronic stress. 
Good news here is that it is reversible, but the only way that we can reverse it is to acknowledge that this is not a sustainable way to live. The body, even though we can't see our amygdala, we don't look in the mirror and go, hello, amygdala. It's not there. It's inside, right? But the only way that we get to shrink that part of the brain back down to its natural size is to create moments of rest. And here's the thing. Rest and boredom are two of the most under-celebrated states, and they're two of the most necessary states. Rest and boredom are where creativity thrive. They are where healing thrive. They are where connection and personal growth thrive. And if we are just going and going and going, we are literally depriving our bodies of the things that they need to, I'll say it again in capital letters, thrive. So it is so important that people say, I don't care if you feel like you can't stop. I want to validate that it is hard to stop because your brain is now telling you that you can't. And that's the biggest red flag to say you need it right now before your body makes you stop. It's that critical. And if every teenager, every middle schooler, every little kid, every adult on the planet sent me an email today and said, Sarah, I read Peaceful Discipline. I listened to your show with Sherrianna. I am going to choose something today to say no more. I just can't. I would give a billion hugs out today in celebration <laughs> of look what a gift the world would have. And I, if I were a betting woman, I would bet that would we would see almost immediately an incredible turn in the mental health crisis that would help bring us back to a place of true connection with ourselves and with others and a much better place emotionally. Oh, absolutely. I agree. And I think part of that is advocating for we have to let educators know, we have to let coaches know in terms of sports, we can't just sit there and take it on the chin. We have to say, you know, we value our Sundays, <laughs> right? We value having some downtime. How can we make this work? And I know sometimes parents feel like it's not in their control, but if there's enough of you that can really start to stand up a little bit. I know that when we, when we over-focus on the perhaps the academic, then we send a message. Oh, we're concerned about academics. And then of course, people are going to say, okay, am I doing enough? Do Are they getting enough work? Are they getting enough tests? So you have to be really mindful for what you ask for folks and what you focus on. If you really want to have that balance, then we want to articulate that, that we really value that downtime. It's interesting because my, again, she's on one of my daughters on school break and I carved out in my schedule a couple of days to spend, so do some things for her. And we're like other families. I mean, you you look on social media and people are traveling all over the world and we're like, no, we're staying home. <laughs> this is a stay vacation. We, we, it's not in the budget to go off and somewhere elaborate every vacation. It's just not there. So I put a couple of days aside to spend with her and the rest, honestly, my thoughts are go be bored. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Just go be bored. And I'm not, I'm not hovering. I'm not checking. I'm letting her be. She's in her pajamas. She's on vacation. Go be bored. It'll, 
it'll work itself out. So couldn't agree more. And it's so helpful, Sarah, to hear that there's brain science supporting these decisions now, folks. Do you hear what she said? Get her book if you forgot. <laughs> if you're having trouble keeping it in your in your brain, then get the book, right? Sarah, Sarah Moore has been here sharing wonderful tips with us. If you're just joining or you're just tuning back into what our discussion. She's the author of Peaceful Discipline, Story Teaching, Brain Science, and Better Behavior. And Sarah, where can they find you and your books and all your other good stuff? Sure. The book Peaceful Discipline is available all over the place. Anywhere you can buy a book, it's probably there. And on social media, I am Dandelion Seeds Positive Parenting. Everywhere except Instagram. On Instagram, I'm Dandelion Seeds Positive Living because the word parenting wouldn't fit. Go figure. And <laughs> my website, once again, is dandelionseeds.com. There is a hyphen. It's dandelion-seeds.com. I like that. That's a sweet name. That's that's very cute. And yeah. And and so again, it's Sarah Moore. And the book is Peaceful Discipline, everyone. Go ahead and grab her book and just start to take in this material. I, I do believe as parents, we need just like any other job, folks, you gotta get keep up with your professional development, right? And I too, I need these reminders are so important for connection even when they're well into adulthood, right, Sarah? You're absolutely right. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, let me ask you one more question before you go. I'm going to throw you a curveball. You ready? I am. Okay. What's spirit have to do with any of this? Oh, gosh. Well, it's everywhere. I think it's amazing that people try to deny it because if we simply take that time to be still and feel it, it becomes so incredibly undeniable. It's surrounding us. It's within us. And when we can use spirit, God, you know, the the goodness that we know is still here in the world. Guess what? Even just saying this out loud, I feel more peaceful. And that peace is available to everyone. Yeah. And and when we connect, we are we are connected to spirit, right? When we connect with each other, when I, when we connect to ourselves, when we connect to something higher, that is spirit. So it is a big part of everything. Thank you again. And we look forward to hearing more about you in the future and to everyone else. We're going to take another quick break. I'll be back with the final message and to close out the show. Thanks, Sarah. From the vibrant soul of Sherrianna Boyle comes Just Ask Spirit on Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Just Ask Spirit is a show that reflects Sherrianna's passion to get this world feeling again. Her belief, emotions are the gateway to the soul. Sherrianna and her lineup of best-selling authors, healers, and visionaries cover a variety of topics related to mental health and spirituality. Don't miss Sherrianna's remarkable insights from the divine at the end of every show. When we think of a detox, we usually think of it as a physical experience. But what about a mind-emotional detox? With Sherrianna Boyle's new book, Emotional Detox Now, you get just that. Inside, you will find 135 of Sherrianna's signature cleanses laid out for you. In just five minutes a day, you can enjoy the soothing benefits of an emotional detox. Imagine feeling centered, calm, and free. 
With an emotional detox now, you can. Grab your book today at your favorite bookstore or go to sherriannaboyle.com. Calling all authors. Have you been considering an audiobook? Well, look no further. Come take advantage of Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's unique in-house audiobook production, which includes benefits and bonuses from our radio station. Let our knowledgeable staff guide you to create the audiobook you've always dreamed of without breaking the bank. Check out our full one-stop service from A to Z, including the ACX process. Schedule a free consultation by calling 508-226-1723. That's 508-226-1723. Or go to DreamVision7Radio.com. This is DreamVision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Welcome back to Just Ask Spirit. I hope that you enjoyed this show so far as much as I am enjoying it. I think it's always good to have these discussions about parenting and childcare and whether you're, again, a parent or you're in a caregiving industry, these discussions never get old. It's always important to keep yourself updated in terms of this part of the show. So this is a part of the show where sometimes I channel a little message from spirit. I tune in, I check in with my emotions because um, as you might know, I am the founder of Emotional Detox Coaching. I've written many books on emotional detox. So that's just something structured. And again, parenting needs structure. I think sometimes the whatever system that you use to help you process your emotions, there has to be some structure around it. I found for myself as a parent, learning a ton of things, while it may be great and I dabble here and I dabble there. It really wasn't until I got the cleanse system, which is the seven steps of emotional detox, that structure that I no longer needed to kind of try all these different things anymore because sometimes it just can get overwhelming. It's only too many tools, too many strategies. And you're like, okay, which one is this working? Is that is that working. Sometimes you start to judge what you're using or have a negative experience, whatever. So I go through the cleanse every single day. And quite frankly, most of the time when I'm cleansing, it's emotions around parenting, I have to tell you. And and an emotional detox, just to remind you, it is not about getting rid of your emotions. It is about getting to them because we do bury them and we do cover them up and we do suppress them or repress them because we feel like it's not the time or we don't want to upset anybody or it'll just take too long or we're going to open up a can of worms or blah, 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 whatever it is, story that you got going around your emotions. But with this system, it just takes about five minutes max. My book, Emotional Detox, now really just takes you clear through that system very clearly. You can do it in less than 10 minutes. And that's one of the ways that I really stay grounded in my parenting. And I take care of my own needs because I am emotional. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I am an emotional person. I feel things. I'm not emotional in terms of 
loud, you know, sometimes we think emotional, we think of someone that's loud or someone that's having a fit or something or overreacting. I just feel. So if I'm upset or worried about one of my kids, I worry about them. So it's so helpful to have the system in place to go through the system and say, you know, when I worry or when I think about so-and-so, or when I think about, or when I saw them worried today, or when I saw them sad, it made me feel, right? So the the cool part is, is then you go through that system and how it makes you feel when your child is upset or lonely or hurt or even happy, right? It doesn't always have to be something negative that we're cleansing. And you take care of your emotions. And the best part is when you take care of your emotions, just like Sarah was talking about, when you process them, you create emotional safety. And now you are meeting your child's needs. They don't even need to know you're meeting their, that you are meeting their needs. They just feel something shifted. They feel again, safe around you. They feel like they can let their guard down. They feel like they can be themselves. And sometimes being themselves doesn't look so pretty, right? And that's okay. As long as they can be themselves, that's what's most important. And it doesn't rattle us, but it does take it does take practice. <laughs> it's not a quick fix. There's no quick fix in the parenting journey. I'm sure you know that. And I do believe that cleanse is a wonderful tool that you can use. And then once you get that down, check out Energy in Action. You're going to love that book. You can actually check it out at the same time. The cleanse is also in that book, but now we are learning how to manifest. And that really changed everything for me because I went from learning how to process my emotions to energy and action. And what that book teaches you is, yeah, you can get all of this done and not give away so much energy at the same time without draining yourself, without depleting yourself. And sometimes you can create beyond what you ever imagined, unexpected. Um, you go beyond the the benchmark that you set for yourself sometimes when you really allow your energy to flow. And anyway, that book is all about that. Very excited about, it, of course, because it's coming out on May 2nd, um, is available for pre-order. I do appreciate you listening to the show. And I want to remind you that your emotions matter processing them matters more. Don't forget to head over to that Just Ask Spirit Marketplace on cherryannaboyle.com. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening. Join Sherrianna next time to continue this remarkable journey of discovering the amazing power of your emotions. Reach out to Sherrianna directly on sherryannaboyle.com. Share your comments and ask your Just Ask Spirit questions. Until next time, remember... Your emotions matter. Processing them matters more. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.